there's just this extreme right that is happening and we have to push back. We can't let them take us backwards in this country, not in Nevada, nor in the rest of the country. Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. 26 days until the most important election of our lives. Action is the best antidote for anxiety, and we all can make a difference right now. Look, ballots are arriving, the races are heating up, and we only have a few weeks till the midterms. So today we talk about the battle to hold on to the Senate and protect our democracy with none other than Nevada Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. I'm Steve Pearson, and this is How We Win. I have a fantastic interview with Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. I was thrilled to get so much time with her. I can't wait for everyone to hear that. I've heard a few people say, and it's really true, every Senate race is the most important Senate race right now. I mean, you look at the numbers and uh, and we really have to compete everywhere. Uh, last week, we talked to Ben Wickler about Mandela Barnes, the lieutenant governor in Wisconsin, and his bid to get rid of the dumbest senator in the Senate, debatably, but he makes a good case for himself, Ron Johnson. Um, and that's a really important race. But uh, we can't forget about the incumbents that are vulnerable, too. And um, we have a really important race with uh, Senator Cortez Masto in Nevada and a lot of important stuff going on in Nevada, some uh, important congressional races. But before before I get into all of that, I need to address something that's happening here in my home city of Los Angeles, uh, specifically with the L.A. City Council. Council President Nori Martinez, along with uh, two other uh, city council members, Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon, uh, and the head of the L.A. Fed, the L.A. Uh, Federation of Lab- Labor, Ron Herrera, audio leaked of them uh, making just uh, – unbelievable, racist, just dehumanizing comments, especially about council, council member Mike Bonin's son, his two-year-old adopted black son. Um, there, there are no words for, for hearing that, and I, I want to address it uh, because it is, it is news. It's the front page of the New York Times right now, so it's appropriate for me to address on this podcast. But um, also... Uh, I know uh, Miss Martinez. I've known her for a while. Uh, I've interviewed her a couple of times for this show. And I am so shocked and so hurt that what, what this exposed, um, I, I, I'm not going to get into what was actually said. I'm sure you've already heard it. You've probably heard the tape. You can find that elsewhere. I don't need to repeat the words that were uttered. But um, – I just, I just want to say how, how deeply, deeply disappointed, upset. I don't have the words for it. Furious. I'm really fucking pissed off about it. Um, 
This doesn't reflect the Los Angeles that I I know. It doesn't reflect the uh, the Democrats who uh, that I know and work with that work hard to build uh, coalitions across race, across difference, um, all across our city. And um, I am happy that uh, just about everyone has called for their resignation, uh, including President Biden, who has recently called on them to resign. Um, Ron Herrera, the the president of the L.A. Fed, uh, did resign. uh, And um, we'll see what Martina Cedillo and uh, Kevin DeLeon do. Uh, I join the chorus calling on them to resign. Uh, There is uh, no place for this in my city, uh, in my state, in our country, and uh, and they are not qualified to serve. Uh, We have a reckoning of our own uh, with racism here in Los Angeles. Uh, We are not immune to it, even in these blue, blue places. And uh, it's a very important lesson as we uh, fight for equity all across our country. And, um, and we work to be good anti-racists and, uh, and coalition builders to know that even in the bluest of places uh, and even in, you know, amongst Democrats, we have a lot of work to do. Now, speaking of work to do, um, let's talk about Nevada. Uh, I mentioned we have our interview with Catherine Cortez Masto coming up. There's a couple of really important congressional races there, too. Uh, Dina Titus, uh, Susie Lee, Stephen Horsford. Uh, These are all within the margin of error and are very competitive congressional races that we need to hold on to. And then we also have uh, an election-denying Republican nominee for the Secretary of State in Nevada who is polling ahead of Cisco Aguilar, who is the Democrat running. Um, Jim Marchant, uh, he is an election-denying like MAGA Republican who could very much, if he's elected, um, decide the the presidential election in 2024. I mean, these are the stakes here. So when we work for a pivotal Senate seat like Senator Cortez Masto's and, uh, and we duplicate our efforts for these congressional seats, it's going to help to make sure that we get Democrats to show up for that Secretary of State race and, and many others in the state of Nevada. And there's a reason why uh, we take trips to Nevada and knock on doors there um, every election because it is still a purple state. Uh, it's not blue, and we have a, a lot of work to do there. So I'm, I'm excited for people to hear the interview, and I hope that you will donate to her campaign and volunteer if you can. Uh, well, let's go straight to our, our this week's to-do list, you know, since I said donate and volunteer. Um, that's what we got to ask you to do. But I'm going to get very specific about the volunteer ask for this week because we are weeks away from the election. So we want you all to do what is the most important and the most effective thing to do right now, and that's knock on doors. So there are a lot of places to do it. You can go directly to campaigns. Um, You can go to swingleft.org and find a group near you and find a swing district if you don't live in one to go knock on doors. But if you are able to drive to an area I know it can be scary to go knock on strangers' doors. It's actually really fun once you get into it. The community is fun. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my reason for hope as it relates to canvassing in a second. But um, 
Canvassing is what we need people to do. We need these one-on-one conversations. We need to break through the lies, the conspiracy theories, the Republicans are outspending Democrats in these ads, putting up lies. Uh, and the best way that we can counter that is by going and knocking on doors and having conversations with these voters. Of course, if you can't do that, um, if you're too far away from uh, a, a swing election, uh, then, you know, please do text, make phone calls. We're, we're coming up to the uh, vote forward send date. The big send date is coming up, but there's still time to write letters. Um, but let's make sure that you do a little volunteering, uh, a little voter outreach starting right now if you haven't already. So that's your to-do list for the week. All right. Um, I jumped ahead with the the to-do list. Now let's talk about our hero of the week. My hero of the week, since we talked about the L.A. City Council and uh, and the terrible situation we have there right now, I thought it would be nice to um, showcase a, a, a different city council candidate and uh, a good friend of mine and someone that I started organizing with in 2017, and we did a lot of work together, that is Stephanie Wade. She is running for city council in Seal Beach, and I am so excited that she has stepped up to run. She uh, is a former Marine. She was an infantry officer. She was a captain in the Marines. Um, she is a uh, was a social studies and phys ed teacher. Um, She's very passionate about the environment. She's a big surfer, which is why she calls Seal Beach her home uh, because she loves to surf. So she's very passionate about oceans and the environment. Um, But she is just a force. She always has been as long as I've known her. Uh, she has been an unstoppable force jumping in to organize. Uh, she worked for a number of campaigns. She worked with Gil Cisneros' campaign, helped get him elected, then went on to be a, uh, um, a, a district representative for his office. And she's just uh, – she's amazing. So uh, I've been wanting to recognize her on the show for a long time. You can find out more about her at wadefersealbeach.com. And, uh, and make a donation. Those, those uh, donations to races like this in a, a smaller city council can really make a big impact. They go a long way. So check her out at wadeforsealbeach.com. That's Stephanie Wade. Hey, Stephanie, you're our hero of the week. Okay, I'm going to talk about my reason for hope now. I mentioned earlier that it was about canvassing. Um, Last weekend, I had the opportunity to help with uh, a canvas for Christy Smith up in CA27. I'm working with that campaign a lot. And uh, and we had a big kickoff canvas in Palmdale in the Antelope Valley. It was so good to be out there amongst my activist friends, volunteers. There was an amazing lineup of speakers, including Senator Alex Padilla, my own congressman, Tony Cardenas, and civil rights icon Dolores Huerta at 92 years old was there. Um, I got interviews with them. I recorded the event, so I'm going to release it as a special um, bonus podcast on Friday. 
I'm excited for you all to hear that, but it just filled me with hope. It gave me so much hope to see all the volunteers showing up and knowing how important the stakes are. Uh, you know, we win when we all get involved. So it gave me a lot of hope. I can't wait for you all to hear that special bonus pod because I want you to get a feeling of what it's like to be out there. If you haven't had an opportunity to do that yet, it will give you hope too. Okay, that's all I got. Now I'm excited for everyone to hear this amazing interview with Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. Catherine Cortez Masto is the senior senator from Nevada since 2017. Previously, she was Nevada's attorney general from 2007 to 2015. Democrats have eked out narrow victories in each of the last four federal elections in her state by an average margin of just 3 percent. Her seat is a must win if we hope to preserve and grow our Democratic majority in the Senate. So, Senator Cortez Masto, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Oh, I'm happy to join you, Steve. It's great to to talk with you. I'm excited to talk with you, too. And I want to hear about uh, what's going on with your campaign. But first, you grew up in Las Vegas around politics. And um, the late, great Senator Harry Reid, whose seat you took over when he retired, was a family friend. Uh, What are your earliest memories of politics? When did you first get involved? Oh, my goodness. Uh, early on, uh, you know, my, my parents grew up in this community. My father um, uh, really started as a parking, when my sister and I were little, my father was a parking attendant at Dunes Hotel and Casino, and my mother was a bookkeeper for a local title company. And then he, he went on to do other things. He worked in, as a, an investigator in the DA's office and a polygraph examiner at public defender's office. And he did different jobs, always trying to um, really uh, take care of the family. And then he decided to run for local office. Well, he actually ran for the state assembly. Uh, I remember as a young girl and he lost that, that race. But I remember out there campaigning and knocking on doors um, for my father and, and you know wearing his T-shirts. Hmm. And then he ran for local county commission and won and served as a county commissioner in Southern Nevada for about 16 years. So I grew up, my sister and I both grew up um, in an environment where my parents worked, they still had day jobs, but then he was also a county commissioner. Um, and I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that's where I learned the value of public service and being involved in the community and helping others and um, giving back and uh, doing everything you could. That's where I, literally I, I do believe in good government and there's a role for it at all levels. And to me, that's where I learned it. And uh, you know, w- without even thinking about it, that's why I- I'm sure uh, for me, uh, getting engaged in issues in the state that I wanted to tackle and that first race I ran for as attorney general were based on those things that I had learned um, in, in getting involved in the community. That's so great. What a gift to be able to do that with your family early on, to be raised like that. It must have been so fun to be out there campaigning with your dad and, um, you know, I mean, this work feels so uh, so hard uh, sometimes, the burden of it. But when we get in community with each other and do it together, it really lightens that load. And to be doing that with your family at an early age, that must have been really, really great. Well, it was something, you know, Steve, we were able to get into our communities and neighborhoods. It was it was an all in affair. So I'm 
I, if you don't know, I'm half Mexican, half Italian. So I have a lot of family, right? Cousins, aunts, uncles, <laughs> grandparents. Yeah. And so we all, it was a family thing that we all just jumped in. And I remember there's, uh, there's nine of us first cousins and we were at a young age and we would just, they, they put us in the cars and we'd all go out into these neighborhoods and we just canvas and we'd have my dad's shirt on. Um, one of the shirts was I'd give Manny Cortez a shirt off my back. Um, and then we would uh, just go door knocking and, and, and hang it, you know, and we'd have these door hangers or the fun part is when you have the ice cream truck and you're driving around in neighborhoods, passing out ice cream, free ice cream for everyone as a, uh, you know, to, to support the campaign as well. So that's it pro was incredible. Level. That's serious. That, that is pro level. <laughs> it, it was, but it was a great experience for me because not only seeing that side of on the campaign side, but on the other side of just being in the communities and talking to, to Nevadans, right. And, and engaging them in, in conversations, even at a, at a young age, recognizing the importance of it. And that's one thing I've learned from my father is, you know, when you are representing and you have, you're fortunate enough to, to be able to have the support of, of, of voters in your state uh, and the people of Nevada, then you, you work hard on their behalf and you don't take anything for granted and you show up and you talk to them and you ask for their support, you listen to them, and then you um, take action on their behalf um, and that's what I do every day in the Senate. And it's, it's something I learned from my father, you know, when he was the County commission, I joke about this because that was the day when we had phone books. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, the question in the phone book at the time is, do you want your public number in there or do you want it private? So it's not in there. My father felt very strongly that because he was an elected representative, our home phone number would be in the phone book. So we would get calls all hours of the day and night from folks in Southern Nevada that needed help or that were ch or facing challenges, uh, uh, you know, whether from a pothole or some other issue that they dealt with and they would call our home. And wow. I just remember that uh, as, as my father truly um, understanding uh, what it means to be a representative. And, and that's how I feel the same way. That's why uh, my office and, and uh, the work that I do is always engaged in, in getting into the community, not thinking that they need to come to me, but I show up. I go into our community I, and I drive through our rural areas where you can only drive through really uh, and get out and talk to people. Yeah. I think that's really great. I also hope that uh, your personal phone number is, is not out there. You're very accessible through your, <laughs> through your offices. So <laughs> I, I hope that you, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep the personal phone number to yourself. But um, oh, well, you mentioned your, your very large and diverse family. You were elected to the Senate in 2016, making history as our first Latina senator. It was a very bright spot in a very tough election year. Um, there's been a somewhat surprising shift to the right from some Latino voters, and these voters are essential to win in Nevada. And I know that this isn't a one-answer question because we're talking about a very diverse community, um, but our, our listeners are really worried about this. So um, you know, how do we make sure that we reach those voters and turn them out in November, and, and, and how are you doing that? Um, and thank you for that question, because a third of the voters here in Nevada are Latinos. I know I grew up with them. It's grown when I when I was um, younger. And this is really where my father always worked in the community um, to help um, uh, um, the Latino community continue to grow and thrive. It has become beautifully diverse in, in Nevada. My focus is really still on strengthening our state's economy, creating new jobs that will help 
um, our communities across the state, including the Latino community. And I know our Latino communities focus on these same issues, which are about keeping their families safe, mm-hmm. finding a good paying job and access to affordable health care. Uh, and that's the work that I uh, am and will continue to do. I also know from our community that um, voters want to know you're on their side. You know, uh, and um, inflation has been tough in Nevada. It's it's why I've worked so hard um, to pass the Inflation Reduction Act to lower prescription drug costs for our families and and tackle the deficit. And we got it done. Uh, and I get to stand with the AARP and Nevada seniors, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as we focus on these issues. And so I, I, part of it is just engaging in the community all the time. You can't show up last minute. You have to engage. Yes. Uh, the work that I do and all of the work that I've done is bilingual in the sense that not only in English, but in Spanish, do um, I have folks working in my office that can um, talk to our community. But all of the information I push out, I have small business guides. I have uh, immigration guides. I have education guides. Um, and they're all bilingual. They're in English and Spanish. And I spend a lot of time in our community talking um, to Latinos. And I think that's the difference is you just, you can't take any one voter for granted. Um, and, and that's why I think it is important. You just show up all the time and engage our community. And I, uh, I, I see that the benefits of that in Nevada um, particularly, and it goes back to what I said earlier, what I've learned from my father is you show up. No matter who you're talking to, if you're asking for a voter's vote, you show up constantly all the time and you follow up and you engage because you're working on their behalf. Yeah, I think that's the most powerful and easiest, although a lot of people don't do it, but uh, easiest thing that someone can do is just show up. I I find that in this work as an organizer uh, uh, and for electeds, like just showing up is is uh, I guess half half the thing, but um, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act, and uh, despite Republican opposition and a filibuster that stood in the way of passing a lot of incredibly important legislation like the Voting Rights Act, Democrats have passed historic investments in our country, and the Inflation Reduction Act is is a, a massive investment in our country. Um, as you are reaching out and showing up and talking to your voters, is the message that Democrats deliver getting through? Well, I, I know in Nevada, that's the uh, one thing uh, amongst many that I get to talk about. My number one priority has been a lowering cost for Nevadans. Um, and that's why I get uh, the opportunity now to say, here, here's what I've done. There's more work to be done, but here's, here's the start of it, which is uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, you know, I was with uh, um, uh, seniors yesterday in one of our um, senior communities. Um, there was probably, I would say about 100, 150 seniors in the room. And I, I got the ability to go and say, you know what? I, I grew up in this community with not only my parents, but loving grandparents. I saw how my grandmother uh, uh, retired. She worked retail her entire life and her retirement was Social Security and Medicare. And I saw the challenges she faced when I would sit with her at the kitchen table and go through her budget uh, and look at you know, the money that was coming in and how she was going to cover her her, um, you know, her electric bills or, or make sure she uh, had coverage for her food and uh, healthcare and all of the above. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I fight to protect Social Security and Medicare. But now I get to say, and you know what the other thing is? We have we actually allowed for the first time um, the opportunity to uh, uh, for prescription drug negotiation to bring down 
prescription drug right. and healthcare costs and fight inflation and cut the deficit uh, in, in this country. And it's having an impact here in Nevada. Um, and we've done all of that, by the way, by closing tax, tax loopholes for the ultra wealthy and making sure that everybody, including corporations, pay their fair share. It so, just makes uh, sense. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and, and the other thing is, and let me just throw this out here, because it, it's one thing to talk to them and tell them about uh, what we've done together with their voices and AARP. It's another to also make them uh, aware of my opponent and others on the extreme right mm. who want to take it all away. Right. I have an opponent who, who's running against me. He wouldn't even have supported prescription drug negotiation. He's opposed to it. All of the legislation that you just talked about, he's opposed to it, yeah. even the bipartisan legislation. And, and so that there's a distinct difference between who is standing with Nevadans, who's fighting for so many across this country that's willing to make sure that nobody's left behind, and then people like my opponent who, who want to take it all away. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because um, statewide, there are a slew of terrible Republican candidates, including election deniers and conspiracy theorists. There are also some very close and important House races in your state as well. Um, can you talk about what the stakes are of this election and, and how you all are joining forces to reach voters? Well, I, I, it's clear I, I, in this election, and again, um, and it's something I know is third generation Nevadan. Um, Nevadans uh, should be, everybody who represents Nevada and this works on behalf of this country should be working on behalf of, of, of uh, people, uh, Americans, um, including in my state. Uh, my, my first focus is, is Nevadans, right? It, and that's right, because I represent them and it's how it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that nobody gets left behind. I don't care whether you're in Nevada or any other state. This is making sure that we are working together to address issues that have a positive impact on the people of this country and bring everybody forward and move them forward on issues that matter to so many of us. Right now in Nevada, as we see across the country, there's a slate of right-wing radicals who are running. My opponent uh, was the co-chair of Donald Trump's re-election campaign. Mm -hmm. And after Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden in Nevada, my opponent went around claiming that the election was stolen. And he spent time um, and uh, actually uh, was part of uh, five lawsuits, right, uh, that were um, um, challenged in the courts claiming that our election was stolen. Each one of those um, um, did not succeed. Right. They went after our Republican secretary of state who stood up for our election and said, no, there was no wholesale fraud in our election. And for that, the Republican Party, which is the party of Trump in Nevada now, censured her. And he can still he still continues to peddle those conspiracies and lies. He's already, my opponent is already out there saying if he loses the election to me, it's because it was stolen. Right. And he's made the distinction, this is what's so crazy about all of this, Steve. He's made the distinction that, well, wait a minute, when he's in the rural community, those very conservative areas of the state, well, those, those votes are safe. It's the <laughs> urban blue areas that are not. Right. And so there's so much at stake. And, and why this is important is because what he has done and what a number of these right ring radicals have done, they continued, they fueled that insurrection on January 6th at the Capitol where I was. When it, it, as it went down, was in the middle of it, uh, I was um, watching it and concerned just like everyone else uh, about um, these right wing radicals and this insurrection that was um, trying to stop the peaceful 
transfer of power in this country based on lies. And so he has fueled that. He still even refused to call it what it was, which is an insurrection and hold those that were responsible accountable. And so he is one of many in my state who are running. I have right-wing radicals running for secretary of state, running for attorney general, mm-hmm. running for treasurer, running for controller. Uh, they are looking at to take over our state house. Uh, this is a state of Nevada that is a proud pro-choice state where we have in the 90s codified Roe versus Wade to be a referendum. We are proud two-thirds of the voters support a woman's right to choose. My opponent and everyone who's running is opposed to it. They would take it all away and they would, my opponent would vote for that federal abortion ban. And so there, there, there's, a, there's just this extreme right that is happening, and we have to push back. We can't let them take us backwards in this country, not in Nevada, nor in the rest of the country. Well, we're all with you, fighting with you and for you. Um, I know you have to run, but really quickly, the last question we ask everybody, what gives you hope right now? You know what? What gives me hope are the people that I meet in uh, my state you know, I was um, at a um, I was a, at an event talking with some of our uh, Nevadans, and a young boy came up to me. Uh, his mother brought him. He wanted to come to meet me because he wanted to come and support me. Um, and I will never forget that because it shows me that our children are paying attention, rightfully so. Mm. And we have to get it right for them. They give me hope for the future because so many of them um, are engaged. And they want us to do right by them, right? Address the climate crisis, make sure we're reducing our carbon footprint, protecting our future, uh, leaning into the clean energy, addressing the challenges that we face in this uh, country, um, because we need to make sure we're leaving it better off for them and not worse. Um, And that's why, uh, to me, as I get around and talk to Nevadans, they're the ones that give me hope because they still believe, and I do too, that we can get this right. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Senator Cortez Masto, thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing. We are with you, and uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Well, Steve, thank you. Thanks again. Really, I appreciate all the good work you all do. and Thanks for being in the fight to protect our democracy as well. So appreciate it. <laughs> There's not much choice, <laughs> but care. thank you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com or tweet to us at bluesboysteve and at howwewinpod. Uh, Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Share us with your friends and family. This is how we win. Uh, We really appreciate you being here. Got a great interview coming up next week, so uh, you won't want to miss that. Um, And, of course, we have our special bonus pod this Friday. Talk to you then. MSW.